Hey friends, welcome to the Love Intently podcast, where each week I bring you relationship experts, inspiring couples, and first-class relationship thought leaders from around the world. I'm on a mission to explore what exactly makes love last and to empower a generation to have strong relationships. I'm your host, Sophie Kwok, the chief love enthusiast who believes that relationships are the most important part of our lives. And if you're looking to build a stronger relationship or to take a proactive approach towards love, loveintently.com hosts an array of articles, podcasts, resources, and love tips to help you build and keep strong relationships. I am so glad you're here. Let's get started. On this episode, we have the incredible Aaron and Heather Hale. They are a super fun, creative, and ambitious couple where they share their beautiful journey through adoption, switching careers, being a stay-at-home dad, and empowering each other's creativity, and even share vulnerably about not fitting into the gender norms. Heather is an incredible designer and currently the creative director at May Designs, which if you have not checked out their stuff, Gosh, it is beautiful. You definitely should. And Aaron is a jack of all trades. He was a songwriter, producer, and singer, and is now currently pursuing acting, screenwriting, and directing. Fun fact, Aaron was voted best personality and easiest to fall in love with by a senior class. And well, I can't wait to share with you how that happened between him and Heather. Since that moment, they've gone through so much, including long distance, adoption, moving, switching careers, and so much more. So here's our conversation where we laughed and cried. Welcome to the show, Heather and Erin. I'm so glad to have you guys here. Thank you for having us. Thank you. We're happy to be here. Okay, so before we dive deep, I want to hear a little bit about who you are, where you, where you live and a little bit of your childhood and background. Cause I feel like it plays such a big role in our relationships. Yeah. So I grew up in Lubbock, Texas and, um, huge thing for me when I was seven, my parents got divorced. Um, so yeah, obviously that's something that I've kind of gone back to a lot recently, just with counseling and, just some self-work and trying to understand myself better and my habits um, and, you know, why I am the way I am. Um, and then, but also um, I grew up with two parents who are entrepreneurs. And mm-hmm. so my dad, I think at like age 18, um, bought a roofing company, like from, um, an older man who was looking to get out of the business. And so he totally took it over as a grown it is, has just done so well for himself. It's been fun to learn from him and watch him. And then my mom, same thing. She, um, is just, she constantly is just having a new idea and she's so creative. And, um, I was even telling someone the other day, we had our, we had our May designs offsite and, everybody was calling me nature girl. And I was like, I feel like this goes back to like nature walks with my mom. (laughs) We would always like go find leaves and like collect sticks. And then we'd bring everything home and we like make something out of it. Um, 
but I mean, she's had so many, so many businesses. Um, <coughs> I've made many a logo for her. Um, and yeah, it's been fun to watch her too. Like not feel confined and not, not feel like she has to, I don't know, like get a nine to five. She's always made it work by doing something that she's really excited about and something that she really loves. So I stayed in Lubbock, went to Texas Tech, um, got a BFA in design communication, which is graphic design. Um, I'm like one of those people that I knew that that's what I wanted to do since kindergarten and like never questioned, never swayed. I feel like that's so rare and I feel lucky that that happened for me. Um, I just had a lot of, a lot of clarity <laughs> from early on. Um, and then landed my first job at Hallmark as a card designer, which was sort of a dream job. Had so much fun there. Um, I think I said in my bio that I call that my grad school just because there's so many amazing artists there. There are artists there still like in their 60s, like still painting. Um, it was just a really amazing environment where it just felt like a community. We would all like go to the cafeteria and like get coffee or grab lunch together or walk over to Hull's department store. Um, it was just a really tight knit community. And then I met Aaron a month after I moved away from Lubbock. And even though he also grew up in Lubbock, <laughs> we had never met until a month after I moved away, which is just funny. I'll stop there because that, that gets into like the story of us, but we have some, Childhood, uh, just, childhood uh, just a little bit of background about me. Uh, <laughs> sorry. I, I grew up in Lubbock also, and um, I have a twin sister, and we are exact opposites of each other. Um, we get along really, really well. Um, but we grew up, I grew up uh, in a, I went to a small school. Uh, I was like student council president class president kind of stuff and um, was the school mascot for a little bit. And I, I, I had been playing music since I was four. And then when I got out of high school, like I just, I've never been like a studious person or like any sort like earlier we were having technical issues. I'm not a technical person. I've just, I feel like, you know, people have right brain and left brain and mine is 100% right brain. And the left brain is like just cowering in the corner somewhere. Uh, but so when I graduated high school, I went to college, I went to one school, I went to Angelo state university in for my freshman year and just messed around, like did not know what I was doing, didn't care, you know, never went to class. Um, and then I was like, okay, I guess I really got to take this seriously. What could I do in school? So I ended up going to school for music, uh, commercial music, which is like, how to be a rock star or something. I don't really know, but it, it doesn't really, <laughs> it doesn't really prepare you for anything other than playing music, um, which is a really hard job, a really hard thing to do to, you know, make ends meet. So uh, I got my associate's degree in music and then uh, just kind of started on this path where it was like, okay, I'm going to do 
I was in some bands and I did some solo art, uh, solo music and toured around the country. And it was always kind of leading to this idea that, I, okay, I can't, I'm probably not going to make a living at being a musician, a touring musician. Uh, what else can I do? Uh, I always had kind of, I always enjoyed doing music at churches. Um, so I started doing that to make ends meet, ended up getting several different jobs at churches anyway. And then, uh, met Heather, uh, and ended up moving to Kansas city and was working for a nonprofit organization there for a little bit. And then we got married, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I feel really, <laughs> I forgot, I forgot to mention my brother and my sister. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> They're not listening anyway. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Uh, no, and then, so like, I'm, I'm kind of like, like Heather feels like she kind of married her mom because I, uh, I am a lot like her mom and that she, like her, and I, when she was talking about her mom a minute ago, I was thinking her mom is just somebody who, who chase, who, uh, chases her curiosity, you know, follows her curiosity. And I'm like that to, to a point that's, really uh frustrating i would imagine to to your significant other who is who has known since she was in kindergarten what she was going to do uh and and then she's dealing with this guy who is uh kind of bouncing off the walls gets interested in one thing and then changes his mind and gets interested in something else never like climbing any sort of corporate ladder never like but also I've had before I met him, I had a lifetime of like experience with someone like that. And mm. also my mom is like one of my favorite people. So it's a it's a compliment more than more than anything. Yeah, I was gonna say I bet it's something that she also absolutely adores about oh, you. So and is what initially sure. drawn her drew her to you. Yeah, cool. I, I think yeah. I think most of the time that's the case. There yeah, are some times where it is I mean, understandably hard. Yeah. To deal with. I think I've always looked, I've always had this rebellious part of me that like looks to try to do the thing that nobody else is doing or do things in a different way. And so I think marrying somebody like Aaron was just like kind of one of those things. Like I don't necessarily, and while it's hard, it has proved to be hard. Like I'm like, I don't want to marry someone who's just, I don't know, going to, put on a tie and go to work every day. Like, <laughs> I, like it's so interesting to me to like be with someone who's yeah, ch chasing a dream. I think that that's inspiring. It's inspiring to me. And I think it's inspiring to a lot of people. But yeah, Okay. Before we go too deep in that, give me, uh, you were telling me a little bit about how you guys met, but, um, Maybe you can go a little bit more into that story and tell me like, what first attracted you to the other person and how how and when did you know that this was someone you wanted to spend the rest yeah. of your life with? Uh, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and take this at first because, <clears throat> you know, I, I mentioned I was I played music and I was play, I would always play at this coffee shop in Lubbock and Heather's boyfriend worked at the coffee shop. And so she would she would always come in. <laughs> So this sounds so ridiculous, but she would always come in after my set. And I was always like, oh, if, if only she saw me play, that could be my way in. Uh, but I knew her boyfriend. I don't I don't think that I knew they were dating anyway. Regardless, I, I always she would come into this coffee shop when I play. And I would always think that girl is really cute. Uh, and but I never knew her until she moved away. 
I don't even know how I knew her name, but somebody we saw each other at the movies. We were it was Thanksgiving Day. She had just she moved in like October, and then she came home to Lubbock for Thanksgiving, and we were at the same movie at the same time. We were we went to the movies. Or we I was with my dad and sister, and she was with her mom. Your uh, brother. <laughs> oh, your brother was there. Yeah. Oh. Uh, we went and saw the movie Stranger Than Fiction. Great movie. When we walked out, I saw her and almost waved. And then I thought, I don't think we've ever met. And she almost waved and she did the same thing. And then like a few days later, someone mentioned to me, they were talking about her and I was like, that's her name. And I went and got on Facebook and looked her up and sent her a friend request. And while she accepted my friend request and while she was writing me a message, I was writing her a message. I was like, I think I saw you at the movies. We both said that. And then. The crazy thing with Facebook too, is that we still have that very first message. You Mm -hmm. know, it's funny that that, you know, we'll live on. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> she, we talked on the phone quite a bit, and I hate talking on the phone. Like always, have been, re- and I sound like I'm still, really depressed. He on the still phone. hates it. Um, so I was not very appealing over the phone. I think Heather was kind of like, oh, this guy's kind of square. And uh, I, I told him he sounded like you were on the phone. Yeah, I just sounded like you. As you, I, now people listening are going to be like, that's kind of sound. Um, but then. We met in person, and she just like obviously, I mean, fell head over heels right away. <laughs> it really was like when her, because when I when I came back to Lubbock for Christmas, and I knew that we were going to hang out. Like we had been talking on the phone a lot. I knew we were going to hang out, and I was still on the fence. I didn't know how I was going to feel, like because we really hadn't spent any time in person. And yeah, the phone was a little, a little boring. <laughs> I mean, but we also still, we got to know each other pretty well. Um, so I felt like I knew a lot about him, but whenever we, I saw him in person, we went on a date. It was just, it, I said it was like the best first date ever. She said that at the end of the night. <laughs> we, so we went, I picked her up. I think this was like the initial thing was I picked her up and I had a plan on where we were going. And I think she was kind of used to like guys be like, I don't know where you want to go. Yeah. I had to make a plan. But I I picked her up and took her to a restaurant and then it was the day after Christmas. So we got hot chocolate and drove around this place called Ransom Canyon in Lubbock and looked at Christmas lights. And then on our way home, we passed by this dive bar that was just like this rundown bar. And I was like, we should go. And we pulled into this parking no, lot. No, I said we should oh, go. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, either way. <laughs> we went into this bar and we were like the only people in this dive. There was like pool tables and they had like a dance floor that was like the size of like a, I don't know, it was like it was four so feet dancing. by four feet, you know, tiny little dance floor next to a jukebox. And we played a game of pool and then we each picked a song on the jukebox for the other person mm-hmm. and you picked. It was some Motown like, uh, yeah, you picked a Motown yeah. song I wish it would ring. And, and I picked uh radar love. And, um, 
And then when we left, it was just like, we, oh, we danced on the dance floor next to these old cowboys. It was not a cool spot. Anyway, it was just... <laughs> it was fun, though. Yeah, it was fun. And we just hit it off really well. And then she said, that was the best date ever. and Best first date ever. And I was like, really? We should do this again. When when should we do it? And she was like... And I was like, please say it tomorrow. Please say it tomorrow. Please say it. <laughs> She said, how about tomorrow? And I was like, yeah! So we went out the next day. <laughs> And then the next day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she left back for Kansas City. And. Is that all you needed though for like. Yeah. Yeah. There's more. But that's that's like. Yeah. Was there a moment for either or either or both of you where um, you kind of looked up and was like, that is who I want to marry. Yeah. There was for me for sure. It was. Yeah. When was it? It was fast. It was probably. Aaron before it was Aaron probably had the feeling before me when we when we were first talking on the phone I told her because I I I I told her I was like I just don't see myself being the kind of person that ever gets married and because I really enjoy I'm are you familiar with the Enneagram or anything yes what are you guys I'm I'm a four and a seven mixed which is a really bizarre combination but the seven in me likes like this openness open field of possibilities like anything that can remotely make me feel caged in is like i'm suffocating and so when we were first talking on the phone like i just really enjoyed the idea of like an open possibility life and so i hear it she's a six we think she's she's a five or six yeah um anyway so when we when we were dating officially long distance, she really put me through the ringer. <laughs> like I never, I, I, I had a hard time. And yeah. at one point I said, one night I, we were on the phone and I said, I just like, I really want to date somebody who really likes me. And she was like, okay. And I was like, okay. So we broke up <laughs> and I was just devastated. And the next day I called her and I was like, Hey, I, I, I take it back. <laughs> I really like you. And I want to like, you know, she was like, nah, I think, nah, I think we're done. And I, <laughs> I was so upset that I remember the moment that I was crying. <laughs> and I remember being like, it's something snapped in my head that I remember literally saying out loud. No. <laughs> And I was like, okay, I'll be your friend and I will like be quiet and like just be whatever you need me to be until you're ready. But you will be ready and you will be mine. Oh, yes. And so I just was her friend for a few months. And then she finally came around like I knew she would. I think for me, this is so weird. We haven't talked about this in a long time, but. Um, I, I'm such a visual person and I, I think that I had in my mind what my husband was going to look like. And not that I don't think Aaron is cute. I think Aaron is really cute, mm-hmm. but I just had, for whatever reason, like I had spent a lot of time, like with this, like brown haired, like brown eyed, scruffy beard person in my mind. And so like for it took just like a little while to like break that down and be like, Oh, actually 
this is this is him and it's okay that he doesn't look like that you know like that image that has been stuck in your mind because i don't know and i think that it's because right before i dated aaron i dated this guy who did look who did have the look that i had in my mind and he just was he was just was not right and so i think no like that was something that was like a step that helped me like let go of that too. Yeah. I think that's I so important and powerful for people to hear because a lot of the times we have this image of certain a way that certain parts of our life should go or that our significant others should be. Um, when it, a lot of the times it's not what we actually want. It's what we think we want. And it's so far different. Right. Right. There's yeah. a lot of expectation and expectation can really be really harmful. Yeah. Um, thing that whenever I knew that I wanted to marry Aaron, I think the feeling that it was, was I just knew that no matter what happened in our relationship or whatever happened in our life, that he was not going to give up on me. That he was like his love, his pursuit of me and his love was like nothing I'd ever had before. And no, I think that that just made me feel so secure, and I feel like that—that's the thing that made me know. As creatives and big dreamers, talk to me about navigating and pursuing and supporting both of your dreams, especially with two young kids. Do you have any advice? <laughs> uh, that's something that's like an everyday uh, struggle. That's, yeah, it's really hard. hard. I mean, it's hard to do anything with kids. Um, <laughs> and I mean that, I mean, it really is. It's a beautiful thing, but it's, it can be really hard, especially if you're, I'm just kind of a selfish person. <laughs> and so it's hard for me to like have these two, cause we have two boys, seven and four years old. And to, to like have these aspirations and goals and dreams and be like, oh, but I gotta like, <laughs> gotta think about these guys, and it can be easy to kind of like battle with. Okay, am I getting to do what I want to do and giving these kids a great childhood, uh, or I mean, which you know, which one wins out in this instance? I'm mean, a lot of so that's like a that's like my battle for sure, and then also like providing for your family and. Uh, so yeah, it's an everyday struggle. I think the I think the great thing about us both being creative is that we understand each other on that level. So like, if I if there's anything I ever want to go pursue, like Aaron's not Aaron's not resentful towards that. He celebrates it and he wants me to go do that. Mm-hmm. So I think that is so awesome. I think that since we're both creative, we collaborate really well together um we have a lot of the same this this is a positive and a negative (laughs) but i think that since we're both creative we have a lot of the same habits so we um can really when when we're in it and like inspired we we are in the zone and we can't think about anything else (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so it's hard to like which I think it's so and it's so powerful when you get in that place, but 
there are still three other people in your house that are like, Hey, remember reality over here? Like we gotta, we gotta take the kids to school or whatever. Um, I think, but I think we both kind of do that. So that, that makes it hard for us to remember things. Yeah. But I, and I, on like another <laughs> plus is like, I think the biggest plus is that, you know, we're raising two boys who will see their parents like mm. following their dreams and like doing something that, you know, following their curiosity, you know, and hopefully inspiring them to be that way. And to know, like, you know, I don't want to be, I know neither one of us want to be parents that say, Oh, but yeah, that sounds really great, but you need to get a real job. You know what I mean? Like I, I hopefully we're inspiring and showing that you don't, you can do what you want to do and you can figure out a way to make it work because we did that with you guys. <laughs> like here we are still following our mm-hmm. dreams and hopefully when they're old enough to figure out what they want to do, that they can chase their curiosity too, you know, and uh, follow their passions and do what they love and figure out, be creative enough to figure out how to make ends meet that way. Um, and so I think that's like the best thing about what we're doing. And, um, even though it can be, can be a struggle. I think that, I think the hardest part is, um, like sharing, sharing the, like the load of the household, whether that is like bringing in enough money to support all of us doing laundry, you know, being with the kids, like all of that. Like, um, I think for a while we thought we could like take turns, but it's not as simple. And I think a lot of couples think that that is something that might work. And just for us, we have found that it's not that simple. Like opportunities come when I don't, and you, you don't know, you don't know who's going to have the opportunity at any given time. And so it's hard to like plan. Oh, for this year, it's my turn. And next, for the next two mm-hmm. years, it's your turn. And like, you know, so I think right now we just, we both take opportunities that come our way and it's less of the planning our t- planning out our turns. Has it ever felt competitive or maybe a better question would be, have you struggled with comparison and how do you navigate through that as both being creatives? I'm sure there's some overlap, but a lot of differences as well. I don't think, I've, I don't think, well, for me, I don't think I've ever, I do struggle with comparison, but I don't think I do that with Heather. I think I'm more like I I celebrate. I think we both celebrate each other's victories and it's not like, do you mean comparison with each other or like a, like a, yeah, like a compete with each other. Yeah. With each other. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. I don't think we necessarily compete. Um, I think we have such different skills. Like it, I think that's why, like if we were both designers, that might happen. But like being an artist, but not knowing a lot about music, like I look at when he's doing something with music or when he's doing something, even with film now, I am more just like admiring because I know he's the expert. And I think I have as an artist, like I'll have like things to say or things to add, but I like kind of look at him as the expert and what he's doing. And he, I think he does the same for me. And with design, actually, mm-hmm. he, he can't design. He can't, I can't actually do the design, but like, I know what I want it to look like. like me, But he like 
he, sometimes he will come in and I call him my art director because he helps me work, like do problem solving and work through what something should look like. And it's crazy. Like almost every time it's better. Okay, y'all. I have something super exciting to share with you. How many of you guys enjoy a glass of wine or two during date night or girls night? Well, let me introduce to you Wink, who makes it super easy to discover great wine from the comfort of your home, and that's W-I-N-C. Wink's wine expert selects wines matched to your taste, personalized for you, and ships it straight to your door, and it just starts at $13 a bottle. Did I mention there's no shipping costs? If you don't like a bottle they send you, they will replace the bottle with something that you love, no questions asked. And there's nothing quite like coming home to a bottle of wine that's selected just for you. All you have to do is fill out Wink's palette profile quiz, answer some simple questions that your average store clerk wouldn't ask or even translate into a recommendation. These questions include things like, how do you like coffee? Or how do you feel about blueberries? Then Wink sends wines curated to your taste. The more wines that you rate, the more personalized your monthly selections become. Each month, there are new wines like their insanely popular Summer Water Rosé. There's no membership fees. You can skip any month, cancel any time. Shipping is covered, and you can discover great wine today. All you have to do is go to wink.com, which is W-I-N-C.com, and we're giving you $22 off of your first shipment using a code LOVEINTENTLY, one word, and that's L-O-V-E-I-N-T-E-N-T-L-Y. Again, that's wink.com with a promo code of LOVEINTENTLY for $22 off. And did I mention that's almost two bottles on the house? So really, you got nothing to lose try out some great wine. Tell us how it is. Okay. With kids and work and pursuing your passions outside of just your day job, even how do you guys stay connected through all of it? Uh, We do podcasts (laughs) like this where we, we, we look back on our lives and remember how much we love each other. (laughs) Uh, how do we stay connected you know I I really wish we could get better about you know doing the weekly date night something Mm. that we have tried a few times and I don't know get overwhelmed with our schedules are just like never there's not like a every week is completely different than the one before it so like there's no telling what this week holds. And so we have to kind of just play, it's always playing it by ear and trying to figure out exactly that, how to stay connected. Uh, and we fail at it a lot. Uh, you know, we've been married 10 years now, just over 10 years. And it's once you have kids, it can be really easy to just kind of be like, put all your focus on work and your kids. And then this kind of gets, it's a struggle to, remain connected and so it's like just a constant uh we have to be mindful of it and really make some time yeah i think if we're honest that's an area that needs improvement (laughs) yeah we need to be like we're still working on that yeah being intentional (laughs) um i will say something i'm proud of us for is 
anniversaries are a big deal and like they've been a big deal since our first anniversary. Mm -hmm. And so we take a trip. We've taken a trip every single year. We go somewhere random. I mean, we've been to Chicago, Palm Springs. Right after Arthur came home, we did uh, Galveston. Oh, yeah. But we made sure sure to stay in a really nice place. And then, like, this year we went to Ireland. So, like, we, Mm -hmm. we, I think that's a good, that's a good answer to that question. We go on a, just a couple's trip for, Mm-hmm. Or as a couple, uh, I think so that when we are away from our home and we're, you know, not arguing about like it was going to the grocery store or whatever, we remember that, like, we both, I tell people this all the time, like, we're the perfect travel companions. <laughs> like, we, neither of us really plan anything. Mm-hmm. We like to just go show up somewhere and, like, wait for an adventure to find us. And I, I don't, I think a lot of people that might stress them out, but for us, we get, we just get in the car and we're like, okay, today's going to be so fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know what we're going to do, Yeah, but let's just go. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's oh, oh there, let's pull over here and yeah. It's kind of like our first date. Like, yeah. There's like, a dive bar. It was, the dive bar was lame and it wasn't a cool place to be, but like the thing that, we loved so much about it. it was just it was so spontaneous and we didn't know we were going to go there at the beginning of the date so mm. i don't know it's i mean we don't do we here's just an example of how much we don't plan I, we went to ireland and we got we landed <laughs> in ireland at 4 a.m and we were going through customs and the customs officer was like <laughs> <laughs> she was asking me all these questions about like our plans and i was like i don't know she's like have you ever been to ireland i was like no she was like, what do you know about Ireland? And I was like, oh, not as much as you. And she was like, she you're going to have to give me something. She started to get suspicious because it didn't she, seem like tourists. It, she was like, you're a tourist and you don't have any plans? I was like, no. <laughs> I was like, Aaron, just tell her we're going to the Clips of Mortar. Oh, I was like, like, oh, yeah, we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing Anyway, just to let it let us in. You know, like, we oh, didn't have no anything news. planned. Yeah. That's okay. That's how we- on one, of our, okay. one of our anniversaries, I got these matching tattoos. Oh, tell me about them. Okay. Yeah, tell me about them. What made you guys get what you guys got? <laughs> We're showing you and, our, and the listeners are like, oh, um, we get, we'll get a picture okay. and you can, I don't know, Instagram it. Uh, exactly. Oh, so, so when, uh, when we got engaged, I don't remember the situation. Well, there we was were, a lot of weight surrounding our engagement and our wedding. Yeah, I, uh, I found this ring that I really liked or I had this custom ring made that has wheat around the thing. And I was looking up like the significance of wheat. Uh, and scripturally it's like God's provision. Um, and then when I proposed to Heather, it was in basically in a wheat field, uh, at this place in Kansas city called, it was like a prairie center and, um, this beautiful wheat field. <laughs> that sounds weird. And then, uh, and then at our wedding we had wheat, like on the table, like wheat shocks on the table with the flowers because it kind of all became a part of a thing. And then it was like God's provision. And then even, you know, in the, the, uh, adoption process, we were, we really leaned on that side of things the provision side of things. Cause it was a very difficult process when we adopted our first son. So this was, I think our seventh anniversary. We were just mm-hmm. like, let's get wheat 
tattoos. And so we did. Okay. Talk to me a little bit about uh, your adoption process. And was that something you always wanted? How did that come about? You want to take it? Um, so whenever we were dating, Aaron's dad um, owned a mission organization and would lead a bunch of trips to um, Tanzania in Africa. And I got to travel with him, but I mean, he had been several times before we even met to Tanzania. Yeah, we I, my we had done like built classrooms and stuff and for schools and then worked with local orphanages and stuff in in Tanzania, just kind of out in the middle of nowhere and stuff like that. <clears throat> and so I kind of always wanted to adopt. So um, he specifically from from a country in Africa. Yeah. So he had this like more real kind of heart centered desire to adopt. And I, on the other side, this is so, this even feels wrong a little bit in some ways, but <laughs> like ever since I was little oh, and in sorry. high school, I just like <clears throat> casually say like, I always wanted to have a black baby. <laughs> <laughs> and like people would go to thrift stores and get me like, a, like framed pictures of black babies. I mean, it, it's weird. I like... <laughs> My aunt, I remember my aunt that sent me a card with this like adorable little black baby on. I mean, I just like, and as silly as it is. It was like it was placed in her heart a long time ago. It's funny to look back on. Um, (laughs) But it, but also like, I didn't feel very serious about it. It was more of this like, oh, that would be so fun. It was very surface and like not, I don't know. Well, Not yeah, so she, was, right spot. <laughs> she wasn't as excited into the idea of adoption at first. So whenever Aaron was like, no, I'm serious about this. This is like a real thing for me. Are you in? I was like, oh, she's like, like uh, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> like that sounds scary. And, um, and I had no, I mean, that, that's, what's funny about it is she was like, that sounds scary and hard. And I was like, that sounds awesome. It's going to be incredible. And she was right. She was way more right (laughs) on that. What point in your relationship was this? We, so when I got married, when we, when I got married, (laughs) when we got married, it's like I'm having this conversation without her here. When, when we got married, my dad, the only advice my dad gave me was wait three years until you have a child. Mm. And so we were like, okay, he said that was the only advice he'd gotten from his dad. And it was great advice get the three years, just the two of you. And it was really great advice. So we decided to do the adoption. We knew it was going to be a year, about a year process. So we started, like we sent our paperwork on our second anniversary. Which really, that that was the point that we kind of became parents, which I didn't, right. I didn't realize. Yeah, like, I didn't either. I thought it was just going to be, we're filling up paperwork and then mm-hmm. we wait. And then in a year we get, a child. Yeah. It ended up being almost two years mm-hmm. and the process was grueling and awful and hard and beautiful and ugly. And, mm-hmm. but yeah, so we, yeah, we started that adoption process and it was, like I said, it was really difficult. And, um, we, right when we started, we adopted from Ethiopia and right when, right after we started, there was this major 
investigations going on there regarding uh, U.S. adoptions with agencies and all this stuff was going on that was like, oh, we had no idea because it was like right after we started um, or right after we were put on the waiting list, really. While we were talking about this, I actually had a pregnancy scare um, and I think I was on antibiotics and didn't know that that interfered with your birth control and blah, blah, blah. But I was, it was like the first time I was like taking a pregnancy test. And I remember thinking that I was pregnant and my first feeling was disappointment. And it totally caught me by surprise that I would feel disappointed. And it was because I knew that I wanted to adopt. Like I had already like fallen in love again, like fallen in love with this image of this little boy. And then becoming pregnant made me feel like, Oh, I screwed that up. And it was just this moment where I was like, okay, I know this is what I want now. Um, so we started, yeah. So we started paperwork. Yeah. We started paperwork in February of 2010 and then, uh, finished all the paperwork and did our home study and all that by, and we were put on the waiting list in September of that year. And then, um, you want me to tell it or yeah. you, okay, I'll tell, I'll just tell it. I can't from tell, my, I'll tell I it from my point of view. Without crying. I'll tell it from my point of view. So, yeah. So we, uh, one night we were in, we were sleeping. It was the middle of the night and Heather wakes me up and she's like, Aaron. And I was like, what? She said, I just had a dream. Arthur was born. And, um, I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> she goes, no, like, it was real. Like, I gave birth to him. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Weirdo. And I just, like, rolled over, and she's like, I wonder, what if I could sense him being born from across the world? And I was like, well, that'd be weird. Trying to sleep, <laughs> you know. And you were you No, were I wasn't. But... But then she uh, she had been keeping a blog through a whole process that she would write letters to him. We knew we were calling him Arthur. And so the next morning, first thing, she like gets up and writes this blog. And the title was, Were You Born Today? And it's this letter to Arthur. And it's like, I could, it's, I, we read it recently and both just bawled our eyes out. But like, were you born today? December 1st, 2010, were you born today? I had this dream that you were born. It was very realistic. Wonder, what if I could sense you? from across the world being born and coming into this world or whatever, you know, and then posted the blog, didn't think of it. And then five months later, we get our, a call from our agency and they said, we have a match. Uh, your son, this is your son. This is his name. His birthday is December 1st, 2010. And it was like, we both like, it's like she was at work at Hallmark and I was at home and we were both just like on the phone, like, you know, right. shocked wow. mind. yeah, and I was like, "Are you there?" Like, and she was just like, "Yeah." Anyway, and so yeah, that oh, was his birthday, God. and she was right. She had the dream, and that was happening. You know, and then what's even crazier about that is we went in June to meet him, and then we came home, like we met him in person. We have a video of that we could link to also. But yeah, that would be beautiful. And then we had to come home not knowing when, I mean, like I said, there were all these, uh, investigations happening and they were, sh there were all these rumors that they were going to shut down Ethiopia adoption. So we had just met him and like really felt like I'm your dad and I'm your mom, you know? And, 
And then we had to leave not knowing when or if we would ever get to go back. And so the next few months was unbelievably hard. Uh, I mean, there were panic attacks. There were, I was, I would just like lose my temper. Like just, I would go, I remember like laying on the bed and screaming into a pillow and just like punching the bed. And like, there were days where we have photos of us, like not getting out of bed. Just like our eyes are like swollen. We've been just crying. And anyway, so we ended up getting him on his first birthday, December 1st, 2011. So Mm -hmm. that, that day is like a holiday, you know, in every sense of the word, Mm -hmm. uh, because I mean, in this kid, he's like, he's an incredible kid. And we, I mean, it's just crazy, crazy story. And that's the quick version. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but. So special. Heather, is there anything? Um, yes, I feel like you should. In that, yeah, in that moment, waking up, like what, what was going through your head? I mean, honestly, that day, you know, I was like, oh my gosh, wouldn't that be so cool if he actually was born today? But again, it wasn't like a, I didn't really believe that was actually going to happen I was just you know it was just more of like a conversation about dreams and what do dreams mean and dreams are fun <laughs> it was light uh, but also the one of the cool parts about the dream was I woke up and my like insides were sort of achy like it was almost like I don't know that that part was really weird to have this physical sensation that go, that went along with my dream <laughs> um and I wrote about that in the post too, but I think it was so cool to like the fact that I had started this blog and the fact that I wrote it down in this place where like, I could not have, um, got, I couldn't have lied. You know what I mean? Mm. Like that was there. It has that date that's that I can't change, you know? And so all of the people around us that were reading the blog, um, like, got to like, like got to participate in the miracle with us. Like, I don't know. It was just really cool that we got to share it in that way. Um, it wasn't just for us, like in tons of my coworkers at Hallmark, like weren't, weren't believers. I mean, like when they found out they were just like, thought I was some weird psychic and like, I don't know. It was just, it was just funny. But then, um, for us that I mean that it, that dream is so important to us to and and will be like for years to come I'm sure like for Arthur and I it provides this connection like this bond like between mother and son that is equal if not like surpasses um the the pregnancy that we missed out on you mm. know um like I don't feel a lot of, I, I think there have been times when I did feel a little bit of a loss in that mm-hmm. and missing out on um, carrying him. But that, I mean, the dream just, I don't know, makes up for it. Yeah. Some, but yeah. then also I think when he's older and like has questions and, you know, he's going to be, he's going to be mad about things and he's going to, he's going to feel the, he's going to feel the, <laughs> Like, a loss. Yeah. And even in that time, like we have that dream to come back to. Like yeah, maybe this this part of your story is that 
um, your like your birth mother isn't here, but this dream gives us this bigger story that he this is where he's always meant to be, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, okay, one of I will last two questions. Um, you mentioned adoption is extremely a hard process. Uh, what is some advice that you have around going through some highs and lows with adoption? If you guys were to advise your kids that decided they want to go through the same process, um, what would you tell them? I think something really huge for me um, that I learned late in the game that made things really heartbreaking <laughs> Is just, um, I think someone was talking to me. I haven't, I haven't gone over this in a while, so hopefully you can remember it all right. But just um, someone was talking to me about God's sovereignty and how that connects to all of these kids like who are in foster care, who are orphans across the world, um, how... Like God is good no matter the outcome and that like, I think that it was so hard for me to, whenever we didn't know if Arthur was ever going to come home, like it was so hard for me to understand, like, this is not, this is not my child. This, like if he comes home, if he doesn't come home, like this is God's child and um, I have to be at peace with the the ending, like whatever it is, you know? I think that's, I, I feel like that's kind of the case with biological or adopted right. children. Yeah. There's so much of letting go, uh, even though it is like your heart outside of your body, you know, yeah. it's like, there's so much to, uh, letting go. And I think for us, the adoption process was like going in this, this is not something to be proud of. And I'm not proud of this, but going in, I thought we're going to be heroes, you know? And I think this is, this is the biggest thing for me was I went in with this expectation that I'm going to be a hero to a child who needs a home. Uh, and then when it was over, I, I will tell you, I'll tell anybody who will listen to this and I tell Arthur this every day, but, not every day, but I try to, is that he is the hero. Like I'm not the, we're not the hero in his story. You know, uh, he is my hero forever, uh, because of what he has gone through. And I'm not, we're not heroes. We're not somebody, we didn't come in and save him. You know what I mean? I, and I wish that I had known that beforehand, that this is not something that's going to be, you're not going to get a lot of glory for You're not going to feel like a hero. You're going to be broken so hard that you're going to like question everything. And even when it's all, when, if, when, or if your child comes home, it's just the beginning, you know? Yeah. I think uh, you're right too. It's like, there's, there's so much similarity with biological and or adopted child. Like you are not like, getting a baby you're being invited to participate in their story and i 
I feel like I'm really careful and try to say all the time, like I'm, I feel so grateful that I get to be their mom. Like I get to participate in their story, but I fully know that like, they're not mine, <laughs> you know, like they are their own, they're their own people. And mm-hmm. you just get to kind of like feed them, <laughs> make sure Sweet. that they, they make it to adulthood. <laughs> 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 you guys are great parents. I know you do a little bit more than that. <laughs> That's incredible, though. Um, last question: What does it mean to love intently? I think love is something that is an active thing. You can't. It's not just something you feel. But I think to love intently is to be very intentional with it uh, and to. Love is not something that always comes naturally. Uh, and I think to be, to love intently is to make the intention of being somebody who loves and in a relationship with anyone, but especially in a marriage, uh, that's an everyday, uh, decision. Uh, and like even, you know, right before we, I, it's so funny. Yesterday, Heather and I were in, just arguing all day. I'm going to bring that up too. And I mean, just all day. And I remember last night being like, oh, we got that <laughs> podcast to do tomorrow where we're talking about loving each other and we're so frustrated with each other. But this morning, <laughs> you know, I was like, okay, I have to make, I have to intentionally like apologize for my side of this ridiculous argument. And, uh, we, and I did, and we apologized to each other. We hugged, we hugged for a long time. And then <laughs> now we're doing this podcast and we and we love each other because we every day have to be intentional about that. Mm-hmm. So I think that's what loving intently is. Yeah. I think that it's so natural. Like we as humans are so or maybe it's just this day and time we're so self-focused. And so um, I think to love someone else really well, you have to kind of like put your desires aside for a minute and think, think about the other person and like, what do they need? Like, I think for Aaron and I, like, I know like Aaron needs a lot of like verbal affirmation. <laughs> um, just, I don't know. I think like I know what he needs and he knows what I need. It just takes us both like kind of putting aside our pride or putting aside what comes natural to us. So like, like give each other what we need. Well, thank you both so much. I feel like I could talk to you guys uh, for hours. I know we barely touched the scratch the surface on this incredible stories that you guys have and the incredible work that you guys do. But I just want to take a minute to acknowledge both of you and just say thank you for the incredible people and lights that you are in the world, the incredible parents that um, you might not be perfect, but you guys are constantly doing whatever the best that you can. And I think that's all kids ever really want from their parents. And that's what we appreciate. I think looking back at my parents, I know that's what I appreciate the most. And just how open and vulnerable you've been with your adoption story. I know that that will um, speak to a lot of people. And I know that's that's something that thousands of people, if not um, hundreds of thousands of people go through each year. 
and are, some are probably listening are going through right now. So thank you so much. And um, yeah, we are just big fans and supporters of the Hales. Oh, thank thank you. you so much for just making this. This is such an important conversation and um, marriage is hard. And I'm just grateful to you for um, encouraging married couples. This is, important yeah i think connect uh connection is a is the most important thing i think and giving people the opportunity to connect with each other and uh through hearing each other's stories uh being completely vulnerable you know and authentic with your your uh your own story and like connecting with other people through that story so i think this is a really great thing uh, to be a part of so thank you for having us Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave a review so that others can join the conversation as well. On the next episode, we have Shruti and Hank Parker. Shruti is an Indian-born, American-bred, culturally Hindu, Christian by faith, and she's a blogger, content creator, and influencer at The Honest Truth. And Hank is a Texas-born engineer. They share their journey of dating through college, working through cultural differences, their path to healthy conflict resolution, Shruti's journey of becoming a full-time content creator and blogger, and how living in London for a year right after they got married shaped them. So until next time, with love and intention.